0: Listening to the Simple Pen Podcast, Peterist for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey everyone, so today we're gonna do something just a little bit different. For all the interviews that I've done so far, I've done um, an interview format instead of just me. And for this episode, it's just going to be me. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about ways to be successful on Pinterest. It's very similar to what I tell people in a consult or what I tell some people in my Facebook group, but I'm going to give it a little bit more structure. So we're going to talk about five ways to be successful on Pinterest. So these will include how to keep your Pinterest boards clean and organized, and you do that so that your followers can easily find your content. We're also going to talk about simple ways to create Pinterest-friendly images that drive traffic to your website, blog, or even your online store. Then we're going to address the four elements that every blog post needs to be successful on Pinterest. Then my favorite topic, how to dig into your Pinterest analytics to find what unique audience is looking for and how to give them more of it again and again. And then a big heavy topic and well, I wouldn't say heavy, but something that I get a lot of questions about is the ideal number of times per day you should be pinning. And we're going to talk about that in relation to How many you should schedule, and how often you should be pinning your content versus other people's content. So, there are a thousand different ideas as to how to pin, what to pin, when to pin. And sometimes you end up wasting a lot of time trying to figure it out. I know sometimes I will Google things, I'll follow rabbit trails, I'll click on a Facebook post. And before you know it, I've spent 45 minutes to an hour just digging into information, and I didn't really walk away with anything actionable. And so I want to help you spend this time that we're together here finding something that's actually actionable for your Pinterest marketing. So first, let's back up just a little bit. So why is Pinterest traffic even important? Well, we know that Pinterest is a search and discovery network. It's where people go to curate ideas. They find what products they plan to use in a project. They dream. I mean, who doesn't pin to Dreamhouse every once in a while? And you have amazing content that fits within what people are pinning. So we use it because we want to market our products over there because we want to get in front of our ideal audience. I often tell people to think of it a little bit like Google. Like we all want our blog posts to come up to the front for those who are searching for a particular topic that's very similar with Pinterest. We want our content to be searchable on Pinterest and we want people to find it. So Pinterest traffic can drive a crazy amount of traffic for months and months and months on end. So paying attention to it is incredibly important. A lot of people have done research as to the monetary value of putting products on Pinterest and Shopify did a study that said that the average order value of sales coming from Pinterest was $50, which was higher than any other social media platform. Um, Pinterest was the number two overall source of social media traffic to Shopify stores, and there are 2 million product pins per day. That's 20 times more than there are daily shoppers at Mall of America. And I heard Mall of America is giant. And they also say, too, that 93% of Pinterest users use the platform to plan purchases. And orders from Pinterest on mobile devices have increased by 140% in the last two years. That's pretty insane. So Pinterest will give us page views. It'll also bring more people which can bring more clicks which can bring more ad money i have a post on my site about monetizing your pinterest traffic with ads it's a really valuable tool if you're looking to increase your income also to build your tribe there's a lot of people who have used pinterest to build their email lists and to create really loyal fans because they consistently produce great content and share it on pinterest okay so how do you get your content in front of those people How do you show them that you have what they're looking for? Well, number one, you want to start with your boards. You really have to keep your boards clean and organized so they can find what they want easily. And they understand you. The theory before used to be that Pinterest boards needed to... They needed to hit on every single type of search. So, you needed to have a quote board and a travel board and a pets board and a humor board. And now that we're narrowing things down, I find that it's best to tell people to pin what matches up with their niche, what they want to rank for. And so, it's not just this mishmash of boards, but it's really organized and communicates your message really, really well. I know many of you have heard of the Kanmari method of organizing. Well, now is a really great time to go Conmari on your Pinterest boards. Create order out of the mess. Take one hour at a time, and it's really all you need to go through, evaluate your boards based on what your navigation bar says. That's a really good place to start. Also, looking in your Google Analytics, what posts are driving the most traffic? And if you find that those pins and posts don't line up with what your vision is, dial it back a bit. Look more at what you're, where you want to go and create some boards there. In episode four, I talk with Kelly Snyder about how to know and understand your Pinterest audience. She gave some really great tips about doing reader surveys and about the boards that she chose to keep and not keep. Okay, so throw into this crazy mix group boards. So those can be a really hot mess too because people joined a ton of them right away. So they used to be really popular and a great place to display your content and they would drive a lot of traffic, but they're just not performing as best as they used to. So many people who joined early on need to look back and evaluate the group boards using these few questions. Do they still fit your niche? Can you still pin your content to it? And if you can't, then it's really okay for you to dial back that board. Get rid of it because you're not using it for your content. It's not serving a purpose. And I'll take this. Here's a quick side note. A lot of people ask me, should I pin outside content to group boards? And my theory on that is no. And here's why. Because if you have a really powerful group board that can drive a lot of repins and clicks, I don't want to use that space for someone else's content. And that's not because I don't want to be a share the love type of person, but I want to share the love on my personal boards. I don't want to do that on my group boards. So I only pin my own content to group boards. So if you have a board where you can't pin your content, it's okay to leave. The next question I would ask myself is, does this board look active and engaged? Are people pinning? Are they... um, pinning to the board? Is it very consistent? Is it moving? You know, click on the pin, you can see how long it was when the last pin was pinned. And now, you know, we have the summed up activity on pins. So it is a little bit harder to just look at the repin numbers. But with summed up activity, you can see if they're good pins, you can see if um, it's been in the system for a while, if it has a lot of repins on it, you know, you might want to stick around and stay with it if it does have a lot of really good repin rates. Another way to check is to go into your Tailwind account. And if you don't have Tailwind, I highly suggest that you get it. And you can go in there and you can see the engagement rate on the board. And that's a really good way to determine if you should stay or if you you should go. Uh, The other question is to look at how many contributors they have. I tend to shy away from boards that have more than 100 contributors. And the reason is, is because the feed can move so fast if these 100 people are contributing four to five pins per day, then you have a huge amount of people pinning to that board. It makes my pins less likely to be seen. And the last one is, is the board topic general or niche? And I should say, is the board title general or niche? Because that's where the search is happening. We find that niche boards are starting to perform a little better than those catch-all boards. So even though the catch-all board might have 180,000 followers and 2,000 contributors, it's just not going to perform as best as some board with maybe 30 contributors, and 10,000 followers. So go ahead and take that into consideration as well. If your group boards don't pass through all those gates, leave them and don't worry, the organizer will not know that you have left. And I know some people are worried, what if the group board becomes awesome again? Group boards are dime a dozen. You will find another board and you will be able to showcase your content. And also think about it too, now that Tailwind, if you've joined, has tribes, you can go ahead and join a tribe and probably get better reach as a result of being part of a share group or a share tribe on Tailwind. Okay, so if you're still having a tough time and you're hanging on to those group boards, think about it this way. If somebody comes onto your profile and they click on a group board, They're being pulled away from your content onto someone else's board and into someone else's profile. I would rather have my personal boards be front and center and the majority of the boards on my profile than group boards. So you really need to think about that. Do I want my audience seeing the content that is on these boards? And if not, leave. Okay, so as you're cleaning up your boards, another question I get is. Well, should I delete old pins? No, do not delete old pins. It is, it's fine. Just leave them there. And now that Pinterest has summed up activity, those pins count towards that. So just leave those old, tiny, horizontal image pins alone. They are still doing good things. And I don't know if they'll be there forever, but I know that it's not worth your time to go through each board and delete old pins. Just move your little mouse away from the edit button and the delete button. Okay. So number two, Pinterest friendly images that drive traffic. Okay. I am not the best image person. I do not create images on my site. My assistant Amanda does that. She's fantastic at it. It takes her 34 seconds, I'm sure. So... I'd rather spend three hours cleaning up my boards before I dive in to try to update and um, learn images or learn how to up my Pinterest image game. It's overwhelming. It's frustrating. And I wish I had, you know, you probably wish you had an assistant like Amanda too. She's fantastic, by the way. I totally get it. But I do think that anybody with a few simple steps can create Pinterest-friendly images. And I always tell my clients work on one image at a time, preferably the post that's getting the most traffic. So first, here's a few things that'll help you. The right size of image. The ideal size is 735 by 1100, but for most blogs, 600 by 900 most easily fits your site. In fact, that's what I use. Some people prefer to do a really long image, as there's been some data out there that's shown that the long collage pins tend to get more traffic, but I don't know if that's still true. So what I'm gonna say is go with a 600 by 900 to start and then merge out from there if you wanna do some A-B testing. Pinterest just recently changed their dimensions from one to three to five to one to two to eight. You can do some quick searching on Google and find a calculator that will tell you the right size, But if you're like me and you wanna go simple, start with 600 by 900. Next, when you're using PicMonkey or Canva, you can choose a simple readable font to add text overlay to your photo. Some people do not prefer text overlay. They want their images to be really, really clean. And for some in their brand, that works really well. But for other people, they do like the text overlay. You can communicate a lot of different messages on the same image always use a sans serif font, the non-curly font, because it's easier to read on mobile and use a complementary color. Look at your image. What color can you pull out that's similar to the objects in the image? And I would say too, once you're done with the image, upload it to Pinterest and look at it on your phone. 80% of users on Pinterest are on mobile. So if you can't read it on your phone, they can't read it on their phone. So be really strategic about the font that you use and the words that you use. Again, Kelly Snyder in episode four talked a lot about, you know, you have those three seconds, billboard marketing. What are the words you're gonna use on your text overlay to really catch them? Okay, now rinse and repeat. You've created the size, you've picked your favorite font, And you can keep this same template in use on every single image to create a branded look. In fact, we found that those who have branded images or the same font or the same look do really, really well because they're recognizable. So test it out. Have some people look at it. I always run past certain things that I'm unsure about through a few colleagues and say, what do you think of this? And I take their feedback and I put it into action. Okay, so tip number three optimize your posts by crafting the perfect pinnable post. And I always say there are four elements to every blog post that make it successful. Okay. So we all look at our site so much that we forget to look at it through the eyes of an average user. If you're assuming Pinterest users will know what to do when they arrive to your blog, they don't. Pinterest traffic is super bouncy and they'll bounce away quicker than a basketball if they have no idea where to go next. So think about taking your reader on a walk through your blog. So first, let's talk about your first impressions. Is your nav bar easy to understand? And does it clearly communicate the message of why you have a blog or a website? If they've landed on one of your most popular posts, are these following elements in place? A Pinterest image. Okay, we just talked about this. You have to have a pinnable image At the top or the bottom of your post now in my podcast with dustin stout that's coming up he talks about not putting a pinterest image but making sure that you at least have a hidden pinterest image and he puts his in the social warfare plugin so that when they hit the pin it button they're getting the correct size image so if you don't want the pinterest image in the post that's totally fine Just make sure you're using a plugin that will pull the correct image when somebody goes to pin it. Next is links to related content. If you have a great bread recipe post or if you have an awesome ways to save at the grocery store, tell me what other ways I can save or tell me what other bread recipes you have. Add in internal links. It's really important for you to do that. Can they easily share your content on other social media platforms? It's exactly what I was just talking about. Do you have social share buttons? Can they find them easily? I cannot recommend enough the Social Warfare plugin. It is so easy. Seriously, my mother could do it and she still types in all caps. So you can definitely upload that and it works really, really well. Okay, easy access to your email list. So for some people, they've done a really good job at increasing their email list by um, captivating Pinterest traffic. And they've done that by adding a what we call a lead box. And that would be a box that you put in the post that gives them a freebie or an opt in or something they can download like a PDF or an ebook, in exchange for their email address. Angela Davis and I talked about that. I believe it was episode five. So go back and listen to how to build your, build your email list using Pinterest. She gives some really practical tips. And they're not the big tips like how to grow your email list to be 10,000 people. They're very practical for people who are starting out at 100, 200, 300, 1,000. So go back and listen to that for tips as to how you actually add a link in each post so that you can grow your email list. At SimplePin, I created the ultimate Pinterest planner for my opt-in. And then I added a pop-up through OptinMonster. I had over 1,500 people sign up in one month. It was a really great strategy for getting people on my email list. And then I took and I promoted that pin on Pinterest and it continues to circulate. It's a genius way to get people on my list. Okay. So number four, knowing what your audience wants and giving them more of that, that helps build your followers and it helps drive more traffic. Okay. So I am a person who ignores analytics. In fact, I am kind of a head in the clouds person with the exception of my clients. I'm actually stock it like crazy, but I probably check simple pin analytics maybe once a month. But I should check it more often because I want to know actually why people are coming to my site. And again, my plan is usually to keep my heads in the cloud, but here's how we need to break it down. And here's how I break it down for my clients. It's helpful to understand your Pinterest traffic because Pinterest traffic can be really, really slow moving. Honestly, it feels like the slowest moving social media platform out there. But you want to watch for traffic in big chunks of time, like one week, one month, or a quarter. Looking at your traffic from hour to hour from Pinterest will drive you to drink. So just don't do that. Um, You won't see the proper trends if you're doing that as well. So... Let's look at, you know, take the example of a month. You want to look at um, what are people clicking on? And this is in Pinterest analytics. So let's go there first. So in Pinterest analytics, you want to look at clicks and repins for the last 30 days. Remember, repins are a sign of intent. So I examine all repins to see if I can find a theme. What are people liking to repin? And then the same, we, what are they hoping to make, do, use, try? And then I kind of move, move sorry, merge over to clicks, because that's where the monetization and the readership side of things can happen. If they're coming to my site, what are they coming for? Where are they coming from? Now that I'll take that information, I'll cross compare it with Google Analytics. Do I see the same trends? Is the same pin in Pinterest analytics giving me the same traffic in Google Pinterest analytics can have some glitches, and I've seen them report that a particular pin is driving a ton of clicks, but then I look in Google analytics and I can't find it. So that's why I always, always look at Google analytics as my quote unquote real data. So here's how you can quickly find your top click through pins in Google analytics. You're looking to find the top 10 pins driving the most traffic to your site at any time. Look at those top 10 and make sure those posts are optimized, like we talked about in number three. Trends also change from month to month. Knowing when something is trending up or down will help you adjust your strategy if pinning is needed. So, seasonal content can drive a ton of traffic, like a ton, a ton. So here's one example. So during Christmas, which Christmas is a really, really high traffic time, we saw that a particular post about stockings was gaining a ton of steam for our clients in late October. So we started pinning this about three times per week to both personal and group boards just to see what would happen. This client continued to have an insane amount of page views in just eight months. Weeks. And if I didn't know that that pin was driving a lot of traffic, then I totally could have missed out on the momentum. And I should add, as a side, in the show notes, we'll put how to find your top click through pins in Google Analytics. Okay, so if you don't know what the best of the best is, you're going to misuse your time. You're gonna be just pinning everything, kind of hoping it sticks. But when you know what the best of the best is, then you can use your time wisely on Pinterest. Um, And don't be discouraged if you're small, if you have a small number of followers, you know, one of our clients, Cassie from Back to Her Roots, when she came to us, I wouldn't call her small, but smaller than some of the big clients that we work with. And you can listen to her podcast in episode seven. She talks all about how to monetize your blog with Amazon. And she had 9,000 followers when she started us with us in late October. And during that time, she was getting about eight to 10,000 Pinterest page views a day which is really still really, really good. Um, We continue to pin really awesome trending content. And she went up to 27,000 page views in just one day in December. And Cassie's follower number has just taken off this year. I mean, it just grew, you know, I think it was like 10 or 20% each month. It was a really good, good growth. So know what's driving your traffic because it's really how you can target your audience. Okay, so number five. The ideal number of pins per day to drive traffic. Okay, so first I'm going to say that there is no magic number. Sorry to tell you, there's no, um, Pinterest has said X number of pins per day or Pinterest is going to give you this perfect number or I am going to give you this perfect number. I'm not. But I am going to say that gone are the days of throwing up as many pins as possible and hoping that some of them stick. On today's Pinterest platform, you really need to be targeted. You need to have a targeted strategy and optimized content to fit within what Pinterest calls the Smart Feed. And the Smart Feed rates your pins based on these specific criteria. Quality images, keyword-rich pin descriptions that encourage pinners to pin, and consistent pinning that contributes to the Pinterest community. So basically, you're sharing the love. You're being awesome. Okay, so this question again now is really big in the Pinterest community is how many times per day should you pin to get your pins seen in the smart feed? So first, I'm always a big fan of quality over quantity. So if you're going to choose to pin five pins a day, that's fantastic. But I want all five of those pins to be knock them out of the park pins, both your pins and other people's pins. So we suggest, and the packages we have at Simple Pin, are 10, 20, or 30 pins per day. I don't go above 30. If my clients choose to pin on their own above 30, that's fine. I don't recommend it because I have seen that there doesn't seem to be a huge difference between 30 pins per day and 80 pins per day. So if I can do 30 targeted pins, then I'll still get the results of 80 pins, but I don't have to do the hard work of finding 50 more pins. So if you spend time creating great content that your people want to interact with, Pinterest is going to reward you regardless of how many times you pin per day. I know that pinning more per day will result in more followers, but it does not always result in more traffic and traffic is what makes you money and traffic is what builds your email list. It also helps you maintain a readership and grow your readership. A large number of followers does not always translate to more traffic. So pin the best of the best, both your content and other people's content, and try to aim for no more than 30 pins per day using a scheduler or live pinning. There is no difference between the two. I talk about that in the episode about why you schedule pins. It's okay to schedule your pins. You don't have to be stuck to being in front of Pinterest to live pin because they get seen more or they get seen or they rise higher to the top in search. It's okay to schedule. Okay, so the key is consistency. If you choose to pin 30 pins per day, do not pin 30 pins on Monday, 30 pins on Friday, 30 pins on Sunday, or whenever you feel like it. Pinterest rewards consistency on the platform because they want people to contribute to the community. They want you to be helpful and inspirational and people who contribute good products that people want to buy. So be that person. Don't think about a number. Think about being that person. So let's recap the five ways to be successful on Pinterest. Okay, first, you got to keep your boards clean and organized. It's time to conmari them. Go ahead and dive in one hour and get organized. Then we talked about simple ways to create Pinterest-friendly images, create that template, even if you're nervous about it, just start doing it. Create a template, pick your favorite font, and ask a few friends to look at it. Then we talked about the four elements every blog post needs to be successful on Pinterest. That would be the perfect pinnable post. Go through and make sure that you're adding in internal links, email signup box, Pinterest friendly image. Make sure that you're optimizing each and every post that is getting Pinterest traffic. Then we talked about how to dig into your Pinterest analytics to find what your unique audience is looking for. Don't be afraid of analytics. Don't keep your head in the clouds like I do sometimes. At least once a month, visit your analytics and check out what's going on so that you can really target your audience. And last, we just talked about the ideal number of times you should be pinning per day. And the important thing to remember is quality over quantity. Okay, so those five things are sound really, really easy, but I know for some of you, you are still looking for more. You need more guidance, you need more tools, or maybe you've kind of got these things down and you want to take it to the next level. You've read a lot of blog posts, you've tested something new, you've had it fail. You want to try one method and you want to have it work. And I understand that Pinterest can be confusing and time consuming, but honestly, it really doesn't have to be. The key to Pinterest success is consistency, patience, patience, and implementing key strategies. Here at SimplePen, we use exactly what I've talked about today to help our clients grow their Pinterest page. It's what we've tested over and over, several different types of niches, and we've seen what's worked and not worked regardless of all the changes that Pinterest has made. My goal is to save you the headache and the hassle in finding a good Pinterest strategy so that you can focus back on creating content, monetizing your blog, and growing your email list. I know the strategies that we've talked about here work, and I know it's worked for many of our clients. I started Simple Pin to help bloggers understand and utilize Pinterest so they could focus back on their blogs. Our average client spends around 375 a month to have us manage their account, and I know that spending $4,500 a year isn't in many people's budgets. And then plus, our wait list is closed until 2017. Because I can't manage everyone's account, I wanted to find a way to serve my audience more by giving them the Simple Pin tools so they could implement these strategies on their own to equip everyone to use Pinterest to boost their business. So that's why I created the Simple Pin Master Course. So we launched that back in March and it's a self-paced course that's open all the time and I've been updating the content ever since. We put everything that we know and have tested for Pinterest into this course. Plus, inside the course, I'm also sharing my super quick and easy to make analytics easier so that I don't have to keep my head in the clouds. And I can follow these trends because that's really important to me as well. It's one of our favorite tools. Our team uses it. It boosts our clients' page views, and we follow the trend of what's gaining steam. So I've taken the five keys, basically, and I've expanded on them in the course. And the course is nine modules. It's our exact strategy and our favorite programs. We talk about Pinterest foundation, optimizing your website for Pinterest, creating pinnable images using three different programs, crafting the perfect pinnable post. We'll go even more in depth on that. Using Pinterest to build your email list, how to be an effective pinner. Evaluating your efforts, Pinterest analytics, Google analytics, and running a promoted pin campaign. And promoted pin campaign, this one we've updated and we've talked about audience targeting where you can add your email list. We talk about adding the conversion pixels and really doing a deep dive into what, how to really effectively run a promoted pin campaign on every type of budget. And last, we just talk about how to dominate Pinterest, how to put into action all the things that are in the master course so that you can really, really learn. And this is not to toot my own horn, but I loved this email I got last week from someone who had just bought the master course and they started using it. And she said, I loved it. It was so awesome. And I started putting all of these strategies into place and it was so awesome. It I got so much traffic, it crashed my site. And so I need help. What host do I use? This is crazy. And I love that because it took somebody who hadn't been spending a lot of time focusing on Pinterest, she put it into action and she instantly saw results. And I'm not gonna say that is typical for everybody because you guys know results may vary. But for a lot of people who have taken the course, they've come back to us and said, this was so easy to understand. I could put it into action and then I could move forward in my business. And that's what I want people to see is that it doesn't have to be that difficult. It just has to be strategic and targeted. And once you do that, you're set up and you don't have to read every blog post or you don't have to Google or you don't have to pay us, which of course you can totally pay us to manage your page. We would love it, but we can't do that until late 2017. So this week, the week that this podcast is launching, which is August 22nd, we are relaunching the course with some special bonus offers and exclusive content from our partners that will also help you boost your business and up your blogging game. So this special launch runs through August 31st, and you can find all the details on simplepinmedia.com. And then all the show notes for this episode, plus a download for you of the five ways that I talked about, will be available at simplepinmedia.com slash 16. If you have any questions about the master course, any questions about Pinterest, go ahead over to that blog post at simplepinmedia.com slash 16, and we will be happy to help you. So thanks so much for listening. I really hope today you can walk away with some actionable tips that you can do today. And if anything, just start cleaning up your boards and getting prepared for all those people who are gonna come to your profile, come to your website, and really, really, really up your Pinterest marketing game. All right, you guys, have such a great day. And now it's time for you guys to get working on Pinterest.